So I've spoken about the um, the Buddha's teachings of the Four Noble Truths, about the about dukkha and the cause of dukkha and how the how what the Buddha discovered and what the Buddha presents as um, as as something for us to investigate to look into in our own lives is the um, the cause of dukkha lying in the clinging and grasping, the holding on, and the opposite side of the coin, which is aversion, pushing away, not wanting. And the other night I spoke about um, feelings, the, the, the qualities of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, and, and the role that feelings play in the, the arising of the clinging, the holding, the grasping, the the pushing away. In um, in the main discourse that the Buddha gave on the the mindfulness practice, he he spoke of four areas for bringing mindfulness to, and the first of these, which is um, in the, in the discourse, is actually about about half of the discourse. So he gives considerable emphasis to the first the first of four areas for mindfulness. And the first of these is the body. He, he gives considerable emphasis to mindfulness of the body. And so in the, in the meditation, this is what we primarily give attention to, what we've been taking as the object for our meditation, giving attention to body. And the second area for mindfulness that he suggests is feeling giving attention to feelings, giving attention to these qualities of pleasant, unpleasant, and neither pleasant nor unpleasant, the, the kind of neutral or kind of in-between. And he puts emphasis on feelings as an object because they play such an important role in the arising of the clinging, the grasping, and therefore the arising of dukkha. And so to understand, to really understand dukkha and to know the ending of it, it's very helpful to understand feelings and, and how, how the feelings work in that. And um, the, the third area that he mentions is mind state, giving attention to mind state. And, and so this morning in the, in the instructions I introduced mind states and giving attention to mind state as a way of beginning to beginning to see, first of all, seeing how mind states change. Uh, you notice that <laughs> mind states change, and sometimes we can point at something and say, "Oh, that's why. That's why. That's why." But much of the time, a mind state can change, and sometimes it changes over a, a period of time. Sometimes just be a a momentary change, like a like a light switch going, and, and it's just like, wow, what's 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 that about, you know? And and there's nothing you can point to. There's no reason you can point to. It's just just changes. And and so so giving attention to mind states and seeing how they change, and and also seeing how mind states arise and pass, and how they're supported by certain conditions. So sometimes conditions inner, the inner conditions, something within our own being will give rise to a particular mind state. Sometimes outer 
condition. Something happening externally gives rise to a mind state. So, so an internal could be um, an unpleasant sensation of the body giving rise to an unple- to a, to a, an aversion mind state. Or it could be um, person next to you making lots of noise giving rise to an aversion mind state. Or it could be um, just getting to a to a place where where the where there's really a sense of being settled and being grounded and and a pleasant a pleasant experience arises and then with that so easily comes the wanting mind state wanting to hold on or or perhaps um, seeing the the impermanence of the mind state uh, there's one mind state and then it changes and then what comes up is What's going on here? Is it this or is it that? And the doubting mind state. And sometimes we just really get really get settled and there's this spacious mind state arising out of the inner and 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 the outer and we see how the outer affects too. Person making lots of noise and then the the, the aversion mind state arises. Or we have a, a wonderful lunch and um, and a, a real um, a real a mind state of, of enjoyment, of spaciousness, of bliss, of gratitude to the cooks. <laughs> so that, uh, it affects the mind state, so the, the outer effects, and then can change. And, and in, in the seeing of the, the change, the impermanence, and the seeing of the conditionality, perhaps we can begin to um, begin to lessen our our identification with mind states and our kind of the way we use the mind states to define ourselves. We can use the mind states to define ourselves in a way that we then we, we identify with a particular mind state and then when it goes, then, oh, I have to get it back. I want that back. I need it. That's what makes me happy. Or an unpleasant mind state, an undesirable mind state. I have to get rid of it. I have to get back to how I was or who I was. And so the, the seeing of the conditionality and the seeing of the impermanence can help us to just lessen this, this grip on the mind state. So the, and, and of course, the same is true. The same principles work with the feelings and with the body as well. And, and, and the practice of, of giving attention to the body, giving attention to the feelings, giving attention to the mind state, is very much one of coming to, to know through actual experience, not just as an idea, but through actual experience, to know the change, the changing nature, the impermanence of the body, of the feelings, of the mind state. And, and to know the conditionality, how the, the condition of the body is dependent on lots of other conditions, like what we eat, the, the air temperature, the, um, what we drink, um, what's happening around us, the environment, all kinds of factors, and, and inner factors as well, the, the health condition of the body, um, all kinds of factors that, that contribute to the body, and we, we can begin to see this, to experience the, the impermanence of body, 
the impermanence of feelings, of mind states, and the, the conditionality of them. And, and with all that, just a, just be a, a letting go of the of the of the the effort and the struggle that so often goes into trying to hold on to it. And the fourth is the teaching. The fourth area that he that he suggests for bringing mindfulness to is the teachings. And and the teachings, um, I, he 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 lists a number of lists in, in this discourse. The Buddha really loved to have lists, and uh, just all kinds of lists of two of these and three of these and seven of these and ten of these. And, and um, there's a there's a whole collection of discourses of the of of the uh, of the of the Buddha and and it's called the 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 chapters in it are called the chapter of the ones the chapter of the twos the chapter of the threes the chapter of the fours and and it's all these things all these lists of one thing and list of two things and list of three things and it goes on and on and on but uh, how did I get to that <laughs> oh so so in this discourse in this discourse. He, he gives a number of these lists of um, areas to bring attention to, and and um, and and one of them is the four noble truths. And considerable attention is given to just studying and reflecting on the four noble truths and examining our lives to see how it reflects in our lives and what it tells us about our lives and what our lives tell us about the four noble truths. So these are the these are the four areas: the body, the feelings, the mind states, and the teaching. So in, in giving attention to these um, to these areas, and particularly in giving attention to the arising of dukkha and the ending of dukkha, which is what the Buddha was really interested in. His real interest is just to understand how does it arise, what's causing it. And therefore, how can it be ended? And in looking at the arising of dukkha, again, he he um, he identified the the clinging, the grasping, the holding on as the cause. And I spoke about feelings and the role that feelings play in that. And there's another um, another um, what to call it? Another aspect of mind. Feelings is an aspect of mind. The, the perception of pleasant, of unpleasant, of neutral is, is, a, is a function of mind. And there's another function of mind that works very much along with feeling in giving rise to the, to the grasping. And, and that's the, the, the function of mind that the Buddha referred to as perception. And what he meant by perception is the... the um, the aspect of mind that perceives an object. Okay, so for example, I'm sitting here and we're sitting here with my eyes closed and I suddenly open my eyes and I perceive a whole bunch of objects out there. <laughs> okay, there's all these all these people out here. That that seeing of of each of you as a separate object is perception. And so perception, the perception, 
and 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 the same thing happens with a sound. So a sound, a vibration hits the eardrum, and there's the the hearing, and the perception is that there's a sound out there. The bird out there made the sound. And same with maybe with a smell. Maybe if you walk by the the kitchen just before lunchtime, and and the smell comes out. The smell, the perception is the smell is in there. And, and so on with, with each of, with each of the senses. And it's, and it's, it's, it, when you, when you think about it, it's, it's kind of a, a peculiar thing, isn't it? That, um, for example, I, I, I hear a sound and I say, it's out there. It's out there. But where is the sound actually happening? Where is the hearing actually happening? It's actually happening here, isn't it? And yet, I say it's out there. And and that that perception at work, and and I think one 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 of the one of the questions that that can arise in in the process of of the meditation in in observing something just like that, it's a simple thing like that, is that perhaps the question of how reliable are our perceptions. When we have the perception of something out there, so the, the, the perception arises, okay, so the eyes open or the ears open and the, the sound comes or the visual object comes and the perception sees the object or hears the object and places it out there. And what happens at the same time is that perception places me here, seeing it or hearing it or smelling it, or tasting it. Okay, so, so perception kind of recognizes a connection, which is actually what it is, because it's the, the object and the sense door coming together. So perception, in a, in a way, recognizes a connection, but then it perceives an object out there, and me, the perceiver, here. And that, that, that separation, that perception of separation, along with the feeling, gives rise to the wanting. If it's pleasant and it's out there, then I want to get it. And so I have to make effort, I have to reach out to get it. If the perception and the feeling say it's out there and it's unpleasant, then I want to keep it away. So the effort goes into holding it back. And sometimes it, it is, it's physical. You ever notice in, the, in sitting, just sitting and, and, and just thinking, okay, I have to be mindful, I have to get this, I really want to get this. And you can just feel the body just reaching forward, trying to get it. <laughs> More often, it's, it's just the, it's, it's the internal wanting, the psychological wanting, the reaching out to get. And so the, the, the perception and the feelings work together to give rise to the wanting and to the aversion.
when the wanting and the aversion with the, with the, with the wanting and the aversion comes the, the effort to get or to get rid of once we've got it then we want to keep it and the effort goes into keeping it protecting it defending it whatever it is and and in that in that keeping and that protecting and that defending it becomes mine it's mine i'm keeping it i want it i like it and and in that making it mine there's 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 an identification tied in with that it's almost like i take that in as part of me as part of who i am i identify with that object it's almost like there's a, there's a need to keep that because it's in, in a way it reinforces the sense of me it reinforces who i am and so the, the the wanting to get and the wanting to get rid of to a certain extent not completely but to a certain extent is a way of reinforcing the sense of me and it reinforces and usually not intentional i don't think but it reinforces the sense of me as being here and the object there so i have to get it and keep it or i have to keep it away so it reinforces the sense of separation of separateness the buddha very wisely identified and i spoke of this the other evening too he identified one form of dukkha as being separation from what we love in that separation there's dukkha and 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 it's almost like the wanting to get is is a, is a way of wanting to end the dukkha to get rid of the dukkha and i think we can we can see this in our lives we can we 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 have the experience i think of wanting connection of feeling separate from someone or feeling separate from life sometimes feeling separate from ourselves in a peculiar way and 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 the wanting of connection we want the connection we want the contact we don't want that separation and our our senses our sense doors are all perceiving the world as being separate and the tragedy i think is that we believe it and one of the questions that that i i hope will come up in the course of the meditation in the course of looking into looking into this sense of self looking into our lives is this question of how reliable are our perceptions and there are there are some 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 rather obvious examples that maybe can question that maybe we'll call that into question um one one obvious one is um actually not so obvious here in devon it's going to say the example of the sun setting <laughs> don't see the sunset so often do we um, 
when we see the sunset, <laughs> we look out and the perception is that the sun is going down and the sun is setting. That's our perception. That's what our sense stores tell us. But in actuality, the sun is just sitting still and the earth is turning. So our perception is not very accurate. In fact, it's completely inaccurate. So just, just one example, and perhaps, perhaps you can think of other examples in your life where you've had a perception of something and it's turned out to be untrue. Another one that just comes to me now is um, in, in Canada, in, in Nova Scotia, in eastern Canada, there's a place where you, um, you stop your car at the bottom of a hill and you turn off the engine and put it in gear and the car goes backwards up the hill. And they call it magnetic hill. They say there's a big magnet in the in the hill that's, that's pulling the car up the hill. <laughs> now, if you believe that, <laughs> but in fact, it's it's a trick. It's an illusion. It's an illusion of perception. The perception is that the car is going uphill, but it, it's just an optical illusion, and the perception is completely false. It's got nothing at all to do with what's actually happening. So our perceptions play tricks on us. Our perceptions play tricks on us. And and the 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 perceptions they 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 the, the tr- it's, it's like the tricks that the perceptions play are 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 so common <laughs> that that becomes taken as how things really are. The perception of separation is so prevalent that we believe it and we stop questioning it. And when something like that happens, when, when, when something happens that questions our perception, it, it, it's like, oh, that's just an exception. That's just, that's just an unusual thing. And we kind of forget about it and then just come back to our usual perception. But if we if we if we really look closely, if we give really close attention, and especially when we're in a state of quietness and calmness and, and steadiness and stillness and, and able to, to really have a clarity of, of of knowing, a clarity of understanding, a clarity of experience, we can we can see we can see that perhaps that Things aren't so separate. Sometimes in in the hearing, you're just sitting and it's absolutely quiet, and a sound comes, and you can just hear the sound arising. You hear a sound arising, and and and, and with it, there can almost be a, a physical experience. There can be a physical experience of the vibration striking the eardrum. And the knowing of the sound arising out of that connection, out of that, that non-separateness of the eardrum and the sound vibration. The hearing and the sound don't arise out of separateness, they arise out of the non-separateness, out of the coming together. 
and a sight, a visual object. The seeing arises not out of the fact that there's something out there and something here, but it arises out of the non-separateness, the connection. And so when we hear something or when we see something or when we smell something, the perception is one of separateness, but in fact it's happening because of non-separateness. That makes sense? But the perceptions are so strong that we believe in separateness, and then we believe, I have to get it, or I have to keep it away. But in fact, it's already here. Don't have to get it. It's already here. It's right here. It's not separate. In the, in the meditation, we give attention to body. We give attention to mind. And in the, in the, in the settling and in the quieting and the, in the, the, the presence that comes with that, the sense of being present and the, and the clarity that comes with that, what, what often starts to come is more, you could say more subtle awareness, a more subtle awareness of this body, the mind. And, 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 and with the meditation, what we're, what we're really looking at, what we're really giving attention to is body-mind, it's me. We're giving attention to ourselves. <coughs> and the, and the, the, the meditation is really an exploration of this self. And we could ask the question, we could float the question, who am I? What is self? And the meditation is, is a looking into that. And, and as we look into that, as the attention goes more clearly and more closely into body, the perceptions can start to change. And perhaps you've noticed this. The, um, the, 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 there can be experiences, and, we, and we've talked about this, Brad spoke about it last night, and in small groups has come up, the experiences of, of energies moving in the body. It can be experiences of body lifting, or body twisting and turning, or shaking, and, 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 and we have these sensations, and sometimes we open the eyes, and the body is absolutely still. But there's these, there's these experiences, these experiences of, of change happening in the being, and and, and movement and flow and sometimes the movement and the flow kind of comes to the surface of the body and, and there can be experience of kind of expansion of the body or extension of body. Sometimes the, the, the experience of the, of the surface, of the, the boundary of the body starts to get fuzzy. And the, and, and, the, and the sense of body loses its, its loses the, the, the perception. <coughs> even, even the perception here, there's, you know, there's, there's me here who's seeing it, and there's, there's me down here. <laughs> Isn't that right? I talk about my knee, and it's like my knee is down there. And I forget, and we forget that the knee is is connected, <laughs> not separate. 
Actually, our whole medical system is based on that, isn't it? Not completely, but to a large extent. It's based on that, that knee. If I have a problem with that knee, we'll just cut it off. <laughs> Don't need it. It's not part of me. I'm up here. In the meditation, we, we can drop out of here. And that sense comes down, and, 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 the, and the, the, the sense of boundaries of the body can start to get fuzzy. Anyone had this experience? Anyone noticed this? And we can start to question this perception of, of me as being a solid thing that, that begins somewhere in here or in here and ends right here. Sometimes we can we can we can notice or we can we can have an experience of um, of a group energy. Not at all uncommon on a retreat. This is amazing. It, it, it continues after so many years to amaze me how without speaking, without eye contact, without touching, without all these usual contacts, there can still be a, a sense of, of connection with the other people. There can be a sense of, of a group energy. It, it's so common for people to speak about how difficult it is to meditate alone. But as soon as you come with a group, or sit with a group, it's just so much easier. We can, we can feel that, that group energy. And, and sometimes we can feel it in a way that it really does question the perception of separateness. It really calls into question that, that perception of separateness, of me here and the rest of the world out there. And taken to the extreme, it's me here at the center of the world. And the world is all, it's all out there, it's all around me. And sometimes, sometimes with that, it's, it's all out there and I want it, I have to get it. And sometimes it's Oh, that world out there is a very dangerous, threatening place. <coughs> I keep it away. I better attack it before it attacks me. <laughs> so the, the 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 perception of self starts to come into question. Sometimes in the in the in the meditation, I think it often happens for me, for sure, it, it often happens, and I think for many people it often happens in the walking meditation. And I think in the, in the Qigong as well, the, um, the sense, the sense of, of the body just moving, and it's like it's, it's not me doing anything. It's just the body moving. Anyone had that experience? And it's just calls into question the sense of who's doing it. And then the perception jumps in and says, it's me doing it. I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. So maybe the perception isn't so accurate. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not so much me doing it. Maybe it's just life doing it. It's like the breathing comes and goes. The sound, the hearing comes and goes. Maybe the walking just comes and goes too. Maybe it doesn't need 
so much of this self-centered view of me making it happen, me controlling it. Put some attention and see. Question. See if we can if we can let go of this idea of me being in control, me being at the center of the world. See what happens. See what happens. So so we have we have these we have these experiences, we have these these moments. And 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 sometimes these moments can be rather scary. These experiences of body expanding, of body, the, the edges of the body, the boundaries of the body kind of fading away, an experience of, um, of, of a group energy kind of affecting me and, and making me do something. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be scary, and, it, and it's, it's, it's scary because it's, 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 um, it's calling into question our perceptions, and it's calling into question perhaps the ideas we have about ourselves and about who we are, largely based on these perceptions. It's a challenge to our beliefs about ourselves. And, and in, these, in, the, in the times of these experiences, we, there's, there's a, there's a the sense of the sense of connection and the, the fear, the anxiety that arises with that, and then out of the fear and the anxiety, the the old habit of the protection, the defense, kind of jumps in, and here I am again. <laughs> Good thing. Wow, feels much better now. That's past. Thank goodness for change. <laughs> Here I am, and 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 so we 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 can kind of use the sense of self as a way of avoiding the questioning. And yet, it's really peculiar because when we really look when we really look within ourselves, and with this sense of separation. What I think we really want to a large extent is connection and non-separateness. We don't like to feel separate. And yet, when the experience comes, we kind of close it off out of fear and come back into our separateness. Strange beings we are. Strange beings. So the meditation is to is to to give attention to questions, to question our beliefs, our beliefs about the way things are, our beliefs about our perceptions, our beliefs about our ideas of who we are, of what we are, beliefs about separateness, perhaps beliefs about non-separateness. We can, we, can, we can equally hold up the belief, well, we're non-separate, we're all not separate. There's no separateness. We're all one. <laughs> and, we can, and we can hold on to that, and then, and then something comes along and, um, and kind of challenges that. You know, I open my eyes and I say, oh, wait a minute. 
if we're not separate? How come I'm sitting here talking and you're sitting there listening? To be watchful for holding on of any idea of who we are or aren't. And 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 and, and in that that letting go of the views and, and and I would say particularly seeing into this perception, this 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 aspect of mind that separates, and really looking into that. Letting go, letting go of the 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 sense of self, and 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 allowing for the freedom that can come with that. We put so many limitations on ourselves out of perception: the perception of separateness, the perception of how I am, of who I am, or how I should be, or how I shouldn't be, or what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, what someone else should be doing, what someone else shouldn't be doing, and and all of these all of these ideas create limits. Um, just one example that I, I, I referred to the other evening of, of having some past experience with someone, a difficult experience with someone, having a difficult time, and then you're walking down the street and you see the person coming the other way. And, and the memory of that and the perception and, and a belief about that other person is a fool, go across the street and avoid this. person may turn on, maybe they were just having a bad day that particular day. Maybe I was having a bad day that particular day. What would it be to, to let go of that and to, to have the freedom to meet that moment in the present and to know it as it really is, not as how it's imagined? Yes, it can be scary. But it can also be freeing. It can also be very opening to 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 open to that meeting, to open to the the knowing of connection, of interconnectedness, of of relationship. That's what it, it it really is. It's really about relationship. Relationship is is connection. And and sometimes sometimes we feel very related and very connected to someone and it's similar. Sometimes we feel very disconnected, unconnected, unrelated. And sometimes uh, maybe all the time, what what it is, if, if we look at our experience, what it is in our experience that's telling us disconnection, maybe fear of a person, or maybe anger at a person, or whatever is, is telling us disconnection, the fact that it's there, the fact that there's a response to that other person of any kind, shows that there is a connection. There is a relationship. If there wasn't, there wouldn't be a response to that person. So our mind states, our emotions, Whatever they feel like, whatever the feeling is, whatever the perception is, they're actually showing us relationships, connections. 
to to open to open to this to open to this connection can be scary and yet at the same time it's an opening of the heart to open to connection so often is an opening to suffering it's an opening to dukkha it's an opening to pain it's an opening to it's an opening to the the pain of our perception of separateness Sitting here myself at the, at the center of the world, I look at my own life and I, and I, and I see, yes, there's dukkha in my life. There is dukkha in this, in this life. And, and, and I forget that there's all these other people out there, all these others, everyone else out there, who seem so separate from me and so different from me. It's, it's easy for us to forget that they too are experiencing dukkha. And to really open to to these people and to to, to others and to, to know the connection is to open to to all of us being here in this together. To open to the joys and the sorrows, to open to the the, the pleasures and the pains. And and from that opening and, and from that from that knowing of connection comes not so much fear, not so much defensiveness, not so much anxiety, but rather compassion. The opening of the heart, the knowing that we are all here together. The knowing that each one of us is dependent on each other for who we are. We don't exist separately. We don't ex- exist independently of, of each other. And so to, to really know ourselves means opening to all. And to open to all is to know ourselves. To know ourselves as not separate, independent, individual beings that start somewhere in here or here and end right here, but as beings that that exist in dependence on and in relation to other people, to the environment, to the animals, to the air, to the water, to all of life, to know that we're, we're not separate from life, we speak about ourselves and the environment. We are the environment. Each one of us is the environment. And all of us together is the environment. If we want to take care of ourselves, we have to take care of the environment. If we want to take care of the environment, we have to take care of ourselves. It's not separate. And yet our perceptions tell us, I'm here the world's out there. So I encourage you to take the Buddha's advice and to to really give attention, to bring inquiry and investigation into this, this sense of self.
into the perception of, of, of me here at the center of the world. Into the, the ideas that we, that we hold on to that form who we believe ourselves to be. Look at ourselves and I see, we, we see all different aspects. We see that there's change. We see one, one, one moment I'm like this and another moment I'm like this and another moment I'm like this and it's, it's like there's all these little bits and they're all me. And, and, and somehow, somehow through spirituality I should be able to bring them all together. You know, I've got, there's the work me and there's the home me and there's the meditation me and there's the, the parent me and there's, there's this me and that me and, and the, the inner child me and the outer child me and all these different me's and somehow I should be able to bring them all together and we struggle to, to bring them all together. Think that there isn't just one me. Or maybe all these parts aren't so separate and don't need to and we don't need to struggle to bring them together. Look into it. Give attention. And see see what see what experience reveals, not thinking about, not trying to figure it out, but what does the actual experience of life reveal? So let's sit quietly together for a couple of minutes.